So this episode is one that involves something that's kind of personal to me, something that um, I did in the last year that I think speaks a lot to the topic of this podcast, which is finding your creative voice. So I wanted to share that personal story, but then also share what I learned about creativity and owning your story and finding a voice. So I'm Chris Waldheims, and once again, welcome to the Hyper Memoir Podcast, where we talk about finding and developing your creative voice. So today I'm going to talk about something, like I said, something that's personal to me. So um, a lot of you know me, a lot of you have known me for a while, and if you're listening to this, this is one of the first episodes, so you're probably someone I know in real life. And one of the things that you know about me, if you've been paying any attention, um, which I don't expect that you would, but or you don't need to. It's not anything. Anyway, point is, uh, if you know me, then you know that in the last year I changed my name. So I'm recording this in um, May of 2023. So it was in October of 2022 that I changed my name. So and it wasn't just that I changed my name. Um, it was that I changed it back to something that it had been before. And so that's what I want to talk about today and why that was important to me. So, and for those of you who also don't know, um, I'm 45 years old. So this is something that comes after most of my life as an adult. And um, this comes 38 years after my name was changed originally. So you might be wondering, why was your name changed originally? And my name was changed originally when I was seven years old. Um, it was uh, changed to John Tobin, which is something that a lot of you know me as. That's a name that you know me as for a lot of the time. I actually shortened that name even to JT. So a lot of people would call me by my initials, which is fine. But that was a name that I got um, as the product of an adoption. So I was adopted when I was seven. Before being seven, I lived in foster care and I lived with my mother. But um, ultimately, when you're adopted, what happens is your name gets changed. And so for me, that meant going from my original name, the name I was given when I was born, which was Chris Waldheims, to John Tobin. So it was a name change that happened when I was seven years old. And um, the new name, you know, at the time, I think, you know, a lot of people wonder, like, well, why did they do that? Why didn't they keep your name the same as it was? And I understand that question, and I often wonder that myself. But I think at the time, um, and remember, this was in the 80s, so this was nearly 40 years ago, that... They change names. So when you, and not, even now, when you get adopted as a baby, you typically don't keep the name that you're born with. So if you're a baby, a newborn adoptee, your name is going to change when you get adopted 99 times out of 100. Um, it's a little more complicated when the person being adopted is older because you have a memory of your original name, kind of like I did. So that was something that for me was. Um, was a change. It was, a, it was kind of this big change that happened when I was seven years old. And um, it was a new name. And so it was a simple change. You know, when you look at it, it's really simple. It was just a matter of legally changing my name on a document and uh, putting the different name on my on all my documents. Even my birth certificate was amended to reflect the new name. So again, we're changing the name. So it was the catalyst for a transformation and it took me decades to get where I am now. It took me decades to actually change my name back. This is something I've wanted to do for a while, but for a variety of reasons, didn't feel prepared to do until recently, which is what I did. When I was adopted, I didn't think much of the name change. I just thought it's a matter of course. It's something that happens. And, uh, you know, the name obviously is important, but is it really that important? And as a child, I don't think you can necessarily appreciate 
how important your name is and that the name that you're choosing to go by is going to be the name that you're stuck with for better or worse for the rest of your life. For most people, that's the case. Um, The name I chose, I obviously chose the name of my adopted family, but the first name, which is Jonathan, was actually the name of my social worker. So for reasons known unto me as a seven-year-old, I decided that um, in a way to sort of honor him, since he had been, I guess, the only male figure who had been looking out for me while I was in foster care. So I looked up to him. This is somebody I respect. So I decided I'm going to change my name to match his. So John Tobin, that's where it came from. Um, What I didn't realize, and I didn't realize until I was an adult and didn't quite appreciate until I was an adult, is that the name change actually kind of split me into two people and not in like a split personality sense. I mean, I'm still the same person, but for me, when I look back at my life, there was this sort of cleavage. Yeah, I guess you could say um, between my life under Chris Valtimes, which is my original name, and then my uh, my change name, which is John Tobin. So there was this kind of, there was a, a split. And I always felt that. And I think growing up, I, I learned to navigate around it. I didn't really think too much of it. It bothered me. It wasn't something, but it was something that I felt like I was just, you know, I was destined to, destined for. So And I also felt like it was kind of set in stone. And it wasn't until recently, like I said, that I felt like, hey, this is something malleable. If I'm not completely happy with it, why do I have to keep a name that I'm not completely comfortable in? So I think it took me also a while to admit that to myself. I think internally I'd been feeling that way for a while, but it was only recently that I felt, well, you know, look, if this is bothering you, go ahead and change the name. Shakespeare once asked, what's in a name? And as it turns out, there was a lot in a name and there was a lot in my name. And um, you know, my, my mother had named me Christopher for a specific reason. I was born on Christopher street in New York city in the seventies, um, born at St. Vincent's hospital, or I think that's where St. Vincent's hospital was. It's now closed. It's been gone for some years, but that's the hospital I was born in. And Christopher street was, I don't know if St. Vincent's was actually on that street or if it was just local to the hospital. Either way, my mother liked it. I liked it. And, uh, that's where my name came from. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, also say this, that name changes are kind of a common thing. Like as soon as I committed to changing my name, I started seeing more and more instances of places where people change their names. Obviously, for most of history, or at least in Western culture or our culture, I don't even know how widespread the practice is, women take on their husband's name. That's been a traditional thing. So I'd say a lot of women throughout history and throughout the last decades or centuries or however long that's been going on for have had a name change at least once in their life, maybe multiple, depending on how many times they get married or if they change their name back. Um, I think people who um, have a gender change, they will change their name. So that's becoming more common. And I've actually taken a lot of inspiration from that, that people can kind of be who they want to be and change their name, change their, I don't want to say change their identity because you're almost making things match to what you feel like inside, which is, I think, also the, the case with me. So the thing that actually brought me to change my name is that in the years before I did that name change, and I'll talk about this more in future podcast episodes because there's a lot to it. I mean, there's a lot to the story that I'll, I'll tell you later, but um, ultimately when I learned more about my his, that my uh, birth family's history, when I learned more about what they had gone through, who they had been, um, and this is a process that I think I had done for the decade prior. So I, you know, again, being an adopted person, you start to have questions about where you came from. So I think at a certain point, 
um, enough information I had accumulated. I had done enough to learn about them, and I felt like it would be a way to connect and honor them to change back. So I, I just wanted to be part of that. None of them are alive. None of my birth family is alive. So I'm the, I guess, final survivor aside from my kids. Um, and so I figured I want to keep that name going, keep that Waldheim's name going. So that's what I did. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, like I said before, this is something I had contemplated for a long time in my adult life. And there were a few times when I felt like I was going to do it, but for whatever reason, didn't. And I think that kind of comes back to this whole concept of owning your story or finding your voice or whatever. I felt like I couldn't necessarily do it. So I didn't, I made up rules. I made up um, scenarios or excuses as to why everything from it's going to be too hard to change things on my driver's license. By the way, that's the easy part to it's going to alienate my adoptive family. It didn't, by the way, they were all very accepting of it. So yeah, I think that, you know, I think for any big change like that, it's natural to be afraid. And I definitely was afraid to make that change. And I don't even know if afraid is the right word. I think hesitant or there was resistance present within me that stopped me from making that change. And, but it kind of, when it, when it finally came, you know, when it came, I would say a year ago before I made that change, a few months before deciding to make that change, um, like I said, I'd been doing a lot of research into my family history, kind of reclaiming that story. And um, I think at one point I was doing a breathwork meditation. And this was focused. This was, was a meditation that was focused on connecting with your inner child. And I don't know where you all fall on the woo-woo spectrum, but I fall pretty far on one side. And I, I definitely think that doing things like talking to your inner child and asking what, what that inner child wants is a healthy exercise and one that's helpful. It was helpful for me. And I asked that inner child, what do you want? Like, what is it that you want from me? You know, the, the young, the younger part of yourself, the part that kind of exists within everybody. And, you know, again, wherever you fall on the kind of spectrum of that kind of stuff, I don't know, doesn't matter, but you know, whatever, this is something that helped me. And, um, yeah. So one day I asked the inner child, well, what is it that you want? And the response I got was very clear. And this was like from my seven-year-old self or six-year-old self around there, around the time of my name change. And it said, the inner child, he said, um, I want my name back. And it was clear as day. So that was when I decided, okay, let's do this. And obviously there's more that went into the decision, but I think that was the final kicker. So yeah, that, that really kind of pushed me over the edge. I wanted to honor that part of myself that I think maybe felt like it was missing something. And I, and by doing that, I mean, a lot in my life has changed even since making that name change. It's been a really great thing. Um, there's a book and um, I looked at it in college and this is a socio by a sociologist named uh, Man Manuel Castells and it's, the book's called Power of Identity. And there's a good quote from there. And uh, I found it here and it says, identity is people's source of meaning and experience. So very simple, very straightforward. And I think for me, um, you know, reclaiming my identity, reclaiming my name has allowed me to reclaim parts of myself that I had abandoned. So that kind of comes back to, you know, again, the whole thing of finding that creative voice. How can you have a creative voice if you feel uneasy, if you feel like there's parts of you that are not represented or are not being honored? So, um, big part of it, you know, and, and I think that's maybe even what led to me doing a podcast like this or doing the writing that I'm doing or doing the, the work that I'm interested in doing now, which is helping people find their creative voice as I, um, you know, as I've been able to do for myself. Um, so, yeah, so I think, you know, and then one of the things I think I had also been nervous about 
in pursuing this is that people would not accept it that I think I expected friends to think, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Like, how can you change your name at age 45? But 100% of the people that I told were supportive. My family was supportive. Everybody was very supportive. And I, I'm really grateful for that because I think when you're on the verge of making a gigantic change, it feels like you're throwing yourself off a cliff. I feel this feeling a lot, but you kind of just got to do it. You got to throw yourself off. And I think the fears that we have, they often don't materialize. And I think the opposite happens. I think I was, I remember when I was going to send, I sent a video that I recorded to my family and I sent it to our family group text. This is my adoptive family. And I sent it to them saying, Hey, y'all changing my name. Here's what it is. Here's why I'm doing it. And I remember when I was about to send that video, I was terrified. I was like, Oh my God, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm going into unknown territory here. And so I think, of course, that's going to be scary. Of course, that's something that's scary. And it was. But immediately, I get texts back saying, hey, we support you. We're glad you're doing this. We love you. Um, and I think, you know, I think people like to see other people taking those steps and making moves. I know I like to see it. I love to see it. So, I mean, this is even why I'm interested in this topic. I love to see people go from one state to another. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's really helped me to reconnect with my past in, in a really big way. And, uh, you know, it was a small change. I mean, honestly, on the surface, it's a small change. You just change some name. Um, and the easy part, I mean, the part that I think everybody thinks about when changing a name is how hard is it to change it on documents? That's pretty easy. You go to court, you get a court order, and then you send it to everybody who needs to know, passport, banks, whoever, that gives them your new name. That's the easy part. The hard part, I, I, for me, at least, maybe you all find it different, was actually doing that social bit, navigating the social labyrinth, I guess you could say, of that name change. So that's it. Um, you know, I, I wanted to just share this story because um, I wanted to let everyone know that you have the power to reclaim narrative. You have the power to reclaim um, different parts of yourself. You can rewrite things. Things are not set in stone. Your identity is not set in stone. It doesn't have to be a drastic thing. It can be a small thing. It can be um, a small change that you make, and you're going to find that people are generally accepting. And I think, like I say, with anything else related to creativity, if somebody isn't accepting, if somebody does reject you, well, that tells you a lot about them. And that might be someone who you don't need in your life. I mean, I think I would feel that way if somebody rejected this, I would completely be like, and not as a mat, not mad at them, not like, you know, dissing them or anything, but I'd be kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you're someone I can trust. Yeah, and it sounds harsh, but it's the way it is. So, yeah. So that's it. So I'll just close, I guess, with a quote. I think I've had a few quotes this time, which is awesome. Love it. Um, so I'll close with Ralph Waldo Emerson. So he said, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. So um, if you're being yourself, you're making a great, great accomplishment. So I know that I've done that and I uh, feel great. You know, I feel proud of that journey, proud of that change. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Hyper Memoir podcast. Um, if you could leave a review, if you could leave a rating on any of the podcast platforms, that would really help. This is a brand new podcast. So I think that the ratings that I get early on really help the trajectory. So I'd love the support. If you think it's worth supporting, if you want to share it with someone else, that would be awesome. You can also go to hypermemoir.com 
it's uh, it's you can find it. I mean, you know how to spell that because you're here. But hypermemoir.com, and you can join the mailing list. I'm going to be sending out a weekly newsletter, kind of on the same topics, to, and also to let you know when new podcasts are out. So this is just the thing that I'm doing. Um, I hope you all will support. I hope you all will stay connected. Um, this is great, and thanks for listening.